Hello, all, and welcome to the Midnight Chatterbox, Episode 5. Today, myself, Jay, and your co-host, Ant, get into a discussion about what is Ergi? Let's define that. Then we talk a little bit about obscure scales. After that, we try a little bit of a new thing. We'll see where it goes. A little game for Ant called Lightning Round Origins of Drake. Then we take a little trip around a few different cities, talking about a few videos on the internet that you might enjoy yourself. Then we talk a little bit more about Destiny. What's going on there? We'll let you know. Or will we? Will we spoil it? No. Finally, we talk a little bit about the recent resurgence in Pokemon cards. And without further ado, listener, enjoy. Uh, the other day we were talking about, uh, what is Ergy? <laughs> Spelt E-R-G-Y. When, when I say that, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Ergy to me is sort of like an aura. You know, mm. it's not so much, I like, because we've discussed this previously, I know what the Ergy is. I don't want to brag viewers, but like if you were to just come to me off the street and grab me by the lapel of my shirt and shake me and ask me what the ergi is i think it would be like a vibe like an aura like what where where's your ergi at sounds right like now? a club like if i were in a big city and this Ooh. happened i think it was a club <laughs> if some man assaults me on the street <laughs> screaming <laughs> as i'm walking home with my headphones in uh okay Maybe the club down the street? They're getting really aggressive with these ads, though. Oh, so it's like an ad. Okay. All right. Yeah, but it's like a cool club. Er It's the Ergy. It's the Ergy. Okay. I I feel comfortable with the word, right? I think it's the feeling I get it. (laughs) It's like the lazy boy of words. Oh, like the kind of the kind of word that you can recline. Yeah, with. you say Ergi, I'm thinking about just a a nice lazy boy recliner, soft, supportive. It's there for me. How old am I? Cuz that is such an old man answer. I sound like an old person. Listen, you look incredibly spry for 87. Oh god, thank you. <laughs> and don't let anyone try to take that away from you. It's because I've kept it ergy for so long. Yeah, you've kept it ergy. <laughs> you know, when you think about what ergy truly means, uh, you know, I love the idea of keeping it ergy. See, it's a good word. This We are sharing this with you, reader, right now, and it has so it's infinite in its possibilities, really. Is it a club? Is it a vibe? I don't know, but we like it. Is it the idea of a lazy boy chair and kicking back with a, a can of your favorite refreshment after a long day in the mines? Hmm. That's Ergie. See, so we defined it. That is 
Ergi to us. Something I need help defining, though, is a fucking fathom. <laughs> what is that? Okay, we. this is also a segue into another topic, though, of obscure scales. So things like a fathom, a knot, a click. Like, I have no flipping context for any of that. You're going to hate how much a fathom is. I'm getting heated already. I'm sweaty. (laughs) Okay, before I... Before you tell me, I want to just kind of get... I want to put these in my frame of reference. Okay. Fathom. If I had to guess, like a mile or so? I don't know. Probably Like I probably couldn't see a fathom. Well, like in a straight line, right? I don't know. Like a football Here's the field. Thing. No. It is considerably shorter in length. What? It is standardized at six feet. Uh, uh, I, I, my face is making a lot of different expressions right now, and I'm so fucking mad. Six feet? Yeah, that doesn't seem like uh, sufficient. No, no, for the word fathom? Okay, no, that's stupid. I hate that. I really, uh, this is upsetting. I... How I can swim like two fathoms down. Easy. Put put that on your resume. That doesn't sound right, though. Yeah, it makes me sound really badass. I think that's the point. Oh, they're just... Oh, my God. It just had to go and try and be the popular kid. I sound really cool, but I'm only six feet. But I'm only six feet. You know, it's really... It's all about the, the cell. And that's how Fathom has made it. I think so. I really do. I think it's just the the word itself that really has carried this thing so far. Okay, so what's a knot then? A Speaking knot. Speaking of fathom, I guess it's nautical terms. Maybe I'm just not familiar with these scales. <laughs> I mean, uh, listeners, we both grew up landlocked, like right in the middle of all oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Buried about 12 feet underground. There's nothing. There's like little lakes, little rivers. In any case, a knot is a measurement of a nautical speed. So mm-hmm. one knot is 1.15 miles per hour. One mile an hour? Mm-hmm. 1.5, you said? 1.15. A, a, oh, okay. A significant difference there, I know. Yeah, but yeah. It's from the 17th century, and it Mm -hmm. was when sailors would measure the speed of their ship by using a device called a common log. Now, I'm sure that the common log has, like, you know, some actual history to it. I like to think that they're just talking about literally any log. Yeah, that's what my mind went straight to the log. Oh, but it's not even a log. It's a coil of rope with uniformly spaced knots attached to a piece of wood shaped like a slice of pie. Okay, now I got I now I got a question for you though. How far were those knots apart? How would you, how did they measure them? Uh the piece of wood was lowered from the back of the ship and allowed to float behind it. Allowed. It was permitted. 
Um, the line was allowed to play out freely from the coil as the piece of wood fell behind the ship for a specific amount of time. When the specified time had passed, the line was pulled in, and the number of knots on the rope between the ship and the wood were counted. Mm. Uh, You know, I guess that answered something for me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. One answer, three more questions. (laughs) Okay, a click then. If I had to guess what a click was, I would also, all of these figures, I would just put like um, in mile terms, I think. Like a fathom, that's about a mile. A knot, about a mile. A click, maybe a mile. You know what? This is if you're playing by prices right rules, you're you're doing great. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Am I? What what's the final answer? The retail price so, of the uh, the click. <laughs> All right, the retail, the MSRP of the click is one kilometer, or a thousand meters, or point six miles. Oh, so I did go over. Damn. Eh, that's all right. I'll get it next time. Yeah, you got it. They'll let you okay, back Okay, point the show. six. Why, why measure like that, I guess, is also my question with all these things. Like, how did this become the form of measurement? That's what I was really hoping to discover here. I know, like, how far... Oh, the origin of the phrase. Okay. So this is similar to the knot. All right. Maybe not similar to the knot, but it was the same kind of principle. The origin of the phrase comes from the clicks used when counting distance. There's no explanation as to what that is. See, this is it. This is the problem that I've come up with. This makes me so angry about these obscure scales. They're just random the way they were made. They were just like, yeah, I'm going to throw a rock. Where it lands, that's a fathom. That's a click. And we'll just... Ten of those. I'm up. Obs- How? Like, anybody could do it. We could do it right now. I mean, we did just do it. Ergie. We... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, you're right. Okay. Fair enough. All right. I'll give it to you. Fathom, not... Click. <laughs> Right. Add Ergie to the list now. Yeah, sorry, here's some real bullshit because I looked up where the word fathom. Maybe I had, maybe if I had searched for the etymology of fathom, we would have some more progress here. But nonetheless, um, the fathom originated as the distance between the middle fingertip of one hand to the middle fingertip of the other hand of a large man holding his arms fully extended. <laughs> A large man. Just I. I there's no. It's a large there's, man. What? What's the standard large man? What is? There's not. It's all bullshit. Is these measurements? And I hate it. But I guess I love it. I guess it's an art, really. I didn't know I was into this, but I am. Oh, this is. You know what? This is actually a little bit pretty. I can't. I don't know old English. I barely know new English, <laughs> and I definitely don't know nouveau English. Uh, it comes from an old English word that means outstretched arms fathom like fathom fathom all right all right i I, i'm watching this guy but i'll let him through (laughs) i've got my eyes on this large yeah i I don't know i don't know if i'm convinced by the large man measurement but all right (laughs) it's the best the old english could do it's the best english can do now Oh my god. You know what? I've learned something. Kind of. I think 
it's good for us to be educational. I think people enjoy that. I enjoy it. It's fun learning these things every week. A few new things. Uh, but to test your knowledge and what you've been learning, I wanted to try a little something with you. A lightning round, if you will. Oh my god, I'm ready. So, you know, we're here to try new things at the Midnight Shatterbox. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but my little twisted goblin brain was thinking about this, and I came up with the title Lightning Round, Origins of Drake. And then I had to back that up with something, and let's, <laughs> let's see if it, uh, it works. So, Ant, this is the lightning round. I'm going to describe something, and you need to say, is it Drake? Yes or no? Wait, wait, hold on. I, I need to ask you if it's Drake? I'm, you, okay, you need to say, if it is Drake. Yes or no. Okay. That's all it is. It's a yes or no, rapid, fire, question off. And we're going to see if you, <laughs> how many you get right, really. We're going to judge you for that. Let me see. Oh, Let me God. get a pen. Oh, God. I no hope you're judgment. ready. Get ready. Oh, I'm not ready anymore. <laughs> all righty. Uh, lightning round. Origins of Drake. Here we go. All righty, Ant. Is it Drake? Yes or no? Quack, quack. No. Correct. Just kidding. You're actually wrong. Uh, March 9th, 2010. Uh, yes. Correct. English naval officer. Yes. Yes. Degrassi. Yes. Yes. Peacock. Uh, yes. No. Mexico. Uh, all right. Uh, no. Yes. Damn it. 96. Yes. No. God's plan. <laughs> yes. <I'm>... Yes. <laughs> Scales. Uh, yes. Yes. Jewel. Yes. Yes. Digimon. <laughs> yeah, yes. No. <laughs> Dragon Man. Yes. Yes. And congratulations. Oh my god. Wow. You won. You um, did it. I did it. You know, I really thought this would be a lot of trivia about the Canadian rapper. <laughs> you know, so. it, it was. There was a, l a little bit of that in there. Uh, I can go and explain this a little bit more. The first question, quack, quack, you said uh, yes. That is correct. Because uh, quack, quack relates to a mallard. Drake is a common term oh. for it. Oh, my God. I know. I, you know, I, I kind of felt that one like in my spirit. Like yeah. I was possessed by an ancestor for that one. Uh, March, the second question, March 9th, 2010. Uh, you said no, I believe. But the answer was yes. Uh, that was Drake, the rapper's first song release. Little really? I... Yeah. March 9th, 2010 was his first uh, song and it was called Over. Little trivia for you there. I'm actually really surprised that that's the extent of his musical career, or I guess his, maybe his popular musical career. Mm -hmm. We'll get there. Go, go on. I, I would love to know the rest. Uh, English naval officer. You said yes, I believe. Francis we'll Drake? Uh, yep. Francis Drake. Easy. See? I've De played video games. Degrassi. He was on it. He was on it. There you go. Drake was on Degrassi. Peacock. Uh, you said yes. Uh, I don't know what the no is. It just doesn't really connect in my 
in my little arbitrary system. <laughs> I, see, when you said peacock, I thought of like the, the kind of the kind of gentleman that swaggers perhaps a bit too much. For, Ooh, okay. For, for, you know, for anyone's liking. Maybe you did. You got it right. Never mind. But if it was the NBC streaming service... Ooh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Who knows what Drake does? He, he might be, honestly. Uh, Mexico. I believe you said no as well, but it was yes. Uh, Drake Bell moved to Mexico oh. recently. To, like, and avoid also went criminal to charges. Prison. Yeah, and then, yeah. Wild, huh? Mm, we all knew Josh was the better one. We we really did. Uh, 96, I believe you said yes. Just an arbitrary number. Just to throw you off the scent. <laughs> That's good. Oh my god, what a scavenger hunt this turned out to be. <laughs> uh, the next one, God's Plan, of course. Another throwback to Drake. Uh, you said yes, you got that one right. Scales, clearly dragon-esque drake scales yeah uh jewel which i believe you said yes to you i think you did get that one what was your reasoning on that one if you recall um i really think i was because i don't know any drake songs Mm -hmm. which perhaps is quite clear to everybody at this point so i was like you know what there's probably something here i'm pretty sure i've seen that guy wear a ring once and uh, here we are. Definitely. The thinking was in the right area, but uh, I did base it off of the Drake jewel, which was a multifaceted jewel that had a bunch of diamonds and different precious gems that Francis Drake brought to the Queen of England. So yeah, oh. Drake, again, that was that relationship. It all comes back to yeah, Drake. Yeah, it all comes back to the Drake. Uh, Sub-Zero. Oh, I didn't even tell you that one. I skipped that one, so no. <laughs> Digimon. And I think you said yes. I did say yes. Uh, I didn't. That, another uh, another twist in the road, if you will, that I threw down in front of you. <laughs> Listen, I was not, I was not a big uh, Digimon kid, but I'm like... Actually, you know what? I'm actually not that sure. I'm like 30% sure there's a Drakemon. Oh, I, you know, I, could, I can imagine some of the creatures in that show and some of the characters, even a little bit of the plot, I think I could probably recall. But I could not tell you any names of anyone and anything. Gabumon. No fucking way. You're fucking with me. That's not one. <laughs> that is. All right. You know what? I'll save this for my own life. Oh, round. no. The lightning round is shifted <laughs> hands <laughs> right in front of us. Uh, Gabumon is a real one. <laughs> okay. And the fucked up thing. You know what? I, I got a whole thing to say about Gabumon. But uh, I feel like there's a few, there's like one more answer to go over. Uh, the, the final one was Dragon Man. And I believe you said yes. And that is also correct. Drake Dragon. Dragon Man being the uh, new uh, skull that was just found either today or yesterday. Out in China, I believe. That is supposed to be a new link in the chain of humanity or a new subspecies of human. Oh, so okay. Your current news here, listeners. <laughs> Keeping to, up with the I gotta world. put this out so fast. Oh god. No, no, no. Don't rush yourself. <laughs> that was great. Uh, like, yeah, hey, you that. did great. You got a bunch of them. Uh, Thank you. You ten out of ten. You got them all right in my heart. 
go you go back to uh Gabumon though cuz I'm ready to fight this guy. Okay. Yes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Gabumon. Um cuz he's from an anime and there's not like a whole lot of different things you can depict on in the two-dimensional plane. Uh he looks like he's got fur mm-hmm. and like a little horn. Is he the blue one? Like the blue striped one? Yes. Okay. I can picture him. That is, that's actually a pelt that he's wearing. No, that's a part of his little face, right? No. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. God. And ever since I found that out, you know, I've been, I've been off the train. This Cubone little bitch. Okay. <laughs> you rip off. Well, I'm looking him up. Where, what's his address? Gabumon. Uh, we can't we can't dox Gabumon on the air. <laughs> I'm getting a call from Mattel or does, Namco. What one of the two? Does he ever take his little thing off? If if he does, I have never seen it. But he just looks like the other one. Uh, the other one's name is Agumon. Oh, okay, I'm fucking twisted. I'm yeah. You, oh, I hate this already. So. That is another thing. Like, come on. You've already got one orange little lizard guy. You did not need to. All right. I guess, I guess Gabumon is yellow. Uh, However, uh, yeah, not enough it's, distinction here. Yeah. There's, there's not a big difference. This, I don't like that. I'm, I'm upset. And, and they wonder why Pokemon took off. Yeah. Cause holy sh- Yeah. Like, I do, scrolling through this, I do enjoy the character designs of Digimon. Some of them look pretty cool. I think that's mm. probably their strongest suit, though. Because these names are terrible. Uh, you're not a fan of Garurumon? No, I'm not. Too long. Too long. Too long. Get Way it out too of many here. syllables. Yeah, I can't. I cannot be bothered. That's not Ergi, you know. Yeah, that's oh, that's one hundred percent not Earth. Yeah, Garurumon. Mm, no, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that go back to the the bus station, my guy. Wait on your little hard bench. Oh, <laughs> fucking! All right, okay. You know, speaking of Digimon, and I guess more generally speaking, properties that come from Japan. You sent me a mysterious message that just said <laughs> the bells of Tokyo and beyond. So I, I need to know. It's a fun one. It's it's something I I was thinking in my again little goblin brain late at night, like you, listener, talking to myself, and I got on the subject of Tokyo, walking there and walking through the streets, and the whole idea came from. A video. There, there's a lot of them circulating around the internet on YouTube, especially. You know, <laughs> I hope you're not watching on like, some other platform. Honestly, <laughs> I don't need to link YouTube to you. You'll find it yourself. I don't know why I'm explaining that. <laughs> Where else are you gonna watch shit? Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, look it up. Uh, but there, it's night walks in Tokyo, and stuff like that. And I, I have fun coming up with little little titles to kind of contain my thoughts on a subject. And that's what I ended up sending to you earlier this week. The Bowels of Tokyo and Beyond. These videos that I found are just people 
essentially walking through the streets at night, at day. And it really got me on the topic of thinking, why is it kind of calming? Why are, why are these videos so popular? Because if you look them up, they have, you know, a ton of views. A lot of people really enjoy them. I don't know. Have you seen any yourself? I haven't. This is very, this is new to me. Oh, it's super fun. I'd recommend it to listeners too. Of course, if you're driving, viewer, I know, please don't be watching this right now. Watch the road. Uh, but anyway, these videos are just uh, uh, people take 4K, like really high quality videos, and just kind of walk around. And even recently, I, I love this development in this franchise. They really are doing well with season two. They added uh, lo-fi and like different music Ooh, to these walks, okay. which is even better. I would highly recommend it. Um, maybe when you're going to sleep later or something like that, just like throw it on. The one with the most videos and most variety of videos are the ones that happen in Tokyo. But however, people do this all over the world. So if you wanted, you could walk through Rome in like 4K at night. Or you could do like New York, Bangkok, LA, Miami, London, Shanghai. Even uh, I found one video that was about a forest. Like it was a guy walking through a forest, a rainy forest. And that was really cool. So there's just like a ton of variety, essentially, is what I'm saying. What do you think the the broad appeal of that is? Is it just like getting into like an unfamiliar space and kind of exploring it as though through another person's eyes? Is it kind of just like the nature sound thing? Like it's just calming to listen to these sounds? I think it's I think it's just fascinating, at least in my perspective. I think it's just really attractive to think about seeing a place visually like very realistically essentially you know like cameras you know pretty pretty close to real life as close as we can get these days and i think that just wasn't accessible in the past Mm -hmm. right because you could you could read books or hear reports about you know walking the streets of tokyo or something like that you know i'm sure that was a a travel genre for it i'm sure it was i've done some research in the area that people would write memoirs and very detailed things about their travels and then they'd sell them and they'd get really popular. So I think it's always been kind of a fascination, like just the world in general. I think we're just more connected now with these videos. Yes. And I think that's what's, what's the, the grip there that is kind of hooking people. At least it hooked me. That's why it hooks me. I mean, I can see why that sounds very fascinating. Is it, are these videos all like called the bowels of, Oh, no, no, no. I just came up with that. That was just my... I mean, I love that. ...way of contextualizing things. I love coming up with names and words and, you know, all that stuff. That was just... I know a playwright that you would get along with. <laughs> oh, no. Who? Uh, you know, I can't dox him on the air, so... <laughs> okay. But, we'll uh, talk Billy, later. This, one, this one's for you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think it's just... It's so cool. It's so immersive to just throw yourself into that and just see these... You know, different people, they're usually walking by a lot of people, a lot of stores, downtown, houses. Just interesting to see how other people live their lives in such a in such a visceral way. Yes, I think the keyword there is definitely visceral. Mm-hmm. That seems because like there's only so so much you can really do, uh, you know, booting up the old Google and going through the street view and clicking through something about nighttime. Also, there's yeah. a very 
I don't want to say feral, but there's a very. Uh, <laughs> I get. I get no, what no, you're. Never mind. I get what feral. you're going for. Yeah, yeah. Feral works. You mean like a feral, uh, like a feral sense to it. A very. It's ergy. Okay. It's if we ergy. had to, if we had to put it in, in the block of ergy, which we will eventually re- release our encyclopedia on everything that is ergy. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, it fits in. That is Ergi. I really cannot tell you the gift that you have given me in showing me Ergi. <laughs> it will. This is life changing. Use it in your daily lives. We'll make it popular. So listeners, in a hundred years, you uh, you know where it came from. When all the kids are throwing Ergi in the streets, throwing Ergi in the streets with their nice white shoes. Wow, are, is that a song? It is now. <laughs> Once we have this sampled. Oh shit. Love that! I can't wait. That's what I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> that's why we're. That's why we're. That's in why this we're business. really doing it. I think that's. It's for the kids, right? Some people do it for the love of the game. I. I'm here for the SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> the SoundCloud rapper of the future. This uh, one's for you, kid. <laughs> uh, but listener, yes. Uh, if you have the time, check out some of these videos. Just uh, walking around the city at night. See what you think of it. Uh, it's just really calming, though. I really. Certainly do enjoy it. Sort of like the the ASMR videos, but less... I don't want to say bizarre, because I don't want to be rude, but more approachable, maybe. It's something you can just put on. You don't really have to pay attention to it either, which is really great. You can, like... Honestly, I'm a product of this generation. I'm fucking on my phone too often, just doing nothing. So it, it, it does feel nice, though, to just... Throw it on like the background, especially like the lo-fi version, and just vibe. Just ergy with it. And you can be on your phone, you look up, like there's some guy cooking noodles, you walk by, there's a lady walking to work, it's raining, the beats are going. It's real nice. Highly recommended. Something I would also recommend to my friends is, we are not sponsored by, yet, uh, Destiny 2 is a game. That we sure, have something sure is. of a relationship with. Recently in the news, in the Destiny news, uh, I, you said you might not have heard about this, so let me know what you think about the data mining and the emblem spoiler. Oh, right. I did not hear about this. So I guess some data miners, some really smart kids, I wouldn't know where to begin with that, uh, were able to just figure out that the game for Destiny Day will be giving players a certain ramen emblem for free as a gift. These miners found that out and then just kind of made it public knowledge to not buy it. Because it was also on sale, I guess, at the same time. Or only for sale. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, once I kind of found out about... So, at first, how was, how was your reaction to this? Because I want to gauge it against mine. Like, where do you fall? What What's the morality here? I see what they were going for. I think that they are probably, like, maybe displeased with the state of the game for a variety of reasons and for the big company to introduce yet another transaction, like, hot off, hot on the heels of, um, I don't know if you know about the Jotun toaster. I, yeah, okay, yes, I, another topic, the same, same area, yeah, I like that. Yeah, why are there toaster guys? Why are there like six people making a toaster when they could just be introducing all these crucible maps? 
Huh? Oh, oh my god. I, yeah, it's yeah. So I I I get that. You're right. Keep going. I didn't mean to derail oh, no, that. No, 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 not at all. Um, the, on one hand, I do understand where they're coming from because <sighs> Bungie loves any company loves to have their whales. I get it. You got to make money. Mm-hmm. Cosmetics, sure. That's like a, that's a benign enough purchase mm-hmm. emblems are are starting to get like okay why why am i paying for a digital banner this feels this feels yucky yeah for lack of a better term on the other hand data mining can dramatically alter like the future of a game maybe not the future of a game but like the perception of a game's future and destiny has this problem a lot where people will dig on through and they will find cutscenes, guns armor all of that mm-hmm. and have that accessible and it ruins so yeah. much of the mystique it it, it definitely this uh, this topic falls under that umbrella of just spoiler for sure i think that i think that's pretty much all i had like i understand why they would say like hey don't buy this don't give them money they're gonna give it up for free like i would appreciate that as a consumer if someone told me like hey don't buy this yet there's gonna be like a 50 percent off sale tomorrow like mm-hmm. hell yeah hell yeah brother yeah then i'll thank wait you. yeah thank you yeah yeah i i at first i thought like why are people kind of why are people ruining this like in a way like if they were just gonna give it for free like at first i definitely took the Bungie side I think like come on like why do you got to be like that but then also I think I swung kind of to more of what you were thinking too like they are they're looking out for us in a way I guess I don't know if it's quite that but I'm not I'm saving whatever money I might have spent to you know get something that was going to be free anyway yeah and I think maybe Bungie would not have had this problem if they're and I'm going to use an, an acronym that I don't know what it means. If their API was better better secured, yeah, so it wasn't yeah. so easy I, to I, data mine. I saw something about that too, and that they and or something about how like they intentionally leave it in a state where it can be like they don't really update the security or something. I don't know what is specifically, but it's definitely been a pervasive problem, I guess, for some time. Spoilers and data mining. But they don't seem to do anything to fix it, is what the consensus seems to be. And maybe it's something that like they can't fix. I don't know. This is this is very computer science, and mm-hmm. um, I only know two computers in my personal life, and they seem they seem all right. I don't I don't want to give them too much credit. Yeah. I Sorry, I know three. So the third one, uh, you know, I'm not a fan. We don't like to talk fan. to that guy. He's just weird. I think if Bungie like was more transparent in general, <laughs> maybe yeah, this yeah. would not be an issue. Like maybe if they had said like, "Hey, we've got a special treat coming for Ooh, you." Yeah, you know that might okay. I like that. I like it. That. Would do it would do so much for them. And then when we have when we had like the whole sunsetting debacle, which I think we're sort of revisiting now with the reintroduction of weapons. That should not have left uh, in the first you're place. You're right. We're running into that problem again. I did see that announcement today about the, uh, uh, what was it, Dreaming City and and the moon weapons all re- basically all returning. 
Yeah, which I'm stoked because oh yeah, no loud lullaby. It's super cool. Yeah, I love loud lullaby, but it's also like I I already, I already had, had this weapon. I already had like a a version of it I liked. It was already I already had this, and now I have to go get it again. And how are they going to drop? Did they even say that? Just random out of the campaign. I think it'll. I think it'll still be like farmable through the lectern. So you can okay. get it the same way. It might start dropping from Pit of Heresy, which like that's fine. Anything that can incentivize incentivize me to do something that is not quick play, I'm 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 here for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I still I don't know I still don't know where I land on that spectrum though, right? Like thank you. Thank you for bringing some weapons back, but also uh, I got to go get them again. I got to go back to work. It's never going to end. They're going to do this again. I know it. Something's going to come back that I already had. And it's just, it's, I'm tired. I'm tired, Dr. Bungie. I'm tired. I've had enough. Please. What, um, what was your favorite weapon from Dreaming City? Are you excited for any of those ones coming back? Eh, no. <laughs> None of them were like any, any shining stars. So... At the time, I had a few, and I loved Waking Vigil and Twilight Oath. And what are those for the uh, undreaming city man in the audience? We've lost our perspective viewers the minute Bungie came out of our mouths. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. It's, all, it's only the dedicated chatterboxer in here now. And you know what? I'm fine with that. Um, Waking Vigil is a, is a hand cannon. It was a, a lightweight hand cannon, so it had some additional benefit. In that it boosted your movement speed. And Twilight Oath was a rapid-fire sniper rifle. Which, if you got the curated version of it from running Shattered Throne, the dungeon, on the Dreaming City, it came with snapshot and box breathing. So you had a really potent sniper rifle, like a double body, but also still kill a super with a headshot. So it had a lot of value there, and it had a very low zoom. Now, in a much a newer sandbox, mm-hmm. uh, the lightweight hand cannon no longer exists. But Waking Vigil's stats were not reflect or were not updated to reflect that. So it is really lacking in pretty much every department that's not handling. So what you're saying, just for my own context, is that they are, they're bringing the weapons back, but they're going to feel different. They're not going to be the same. Yes. Okay. That's kind of... Uh, eh. oh, go ahead. What, what else do you have to say? Again, like updating something and then change... I don't know. It's, I hope they find a smooth way to ease these weapons into the current meta, I guess. But uh, do you think they will? No. <laughs> no. because here's the problem with i mean with waking vigil specifically when hand cannons had their range capped at 28 meters the range statistic did not matter that's no longer the case but to have range that still falls short of the current best in slot energy hand cannon the palindrome you need to sacrifice pretty much everything to get there and still fall short and then demolish all of your other stats to get there. And it's a, it's just not worth it at that point. 
in the case of these weapons that they are reintroducing now, a lot of them are more viable within this this current meta. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the new perks that came with Season of the Chosen and Season of the Splicer, there's going to be some pretty good stuff there. So, like, I'm not happy about it. I feel like this <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> cutting off one's nose to spite their face. And I'm not going to, like, actively chase these things. Because, like, I, I'm set. I'm chilling. Yeah, like, I, I've already... I've already got the guns for the meta that I feel comfortable with. Like, I don't I don't need to go get these other ones. Which I, I guess that is certainly a problem they wanted to avoid. Which, to me, eh. the way to get me to chase something else is to just make it sound cool. Make it sound Ooh, cool yeah. and make it look On, cool. The, uh, the audio of the game, definitely good. And Loud Lullaby had a great sound. So unique. Yes. That, like, I will chase that gun again just to have it mm-hmm. have that sound. Mm-hmm. Just to hear it again firing off. Oof. I like that. I, I've i tried to do Pit of Heresy. I'm definitely more of in the side of Destiny players that came back recently. And uh, Pit of Heresy was not always something that I... Like, I came into it late. And I'd love to try to solo it. Solo uh, flawless it. But man, it is tough. Mm-hmm. I I thought it would be easy for some reason. I don't know because that whole th- iceberg thing of like how we think it's easy the whole time, and then we get into hard content and it's a big adjustment. It's that. Yeah. It's just r- really difficult, but really fun. I really like that uh, that dungeon, and I hope they do more things like that. And I think they will. I I'm really hoping, and this is definitely not going to happen, but you know. Uh-huh. If I were to if I were to say my fifteenth wish, I would love to have a dungeon at the end of the season where oh. we do something involving the overarching plot so far. Which that's the, that's even more arcane. What the the layman's terms would be that they have introduced an important figure in Destiny's mm-hmm. lore. And I will be so irritated if it is just like a weekly mission and the boss doesn't even break my shields once. Oh, and I think wow. that's probably what will happen. And I really would really love for that character because they've been around. They've been kicked around for a long time. I would love for them to have something with more grandeur. So a dungeon, that's perfect. I agree. Or if they appear I, in a raid. I think if they did a dungeon at the end of this season, and if it were free, honestly, that'd be cool too. It might not be, but whatever. But if they did a dungeon at the end of this season, I think it would be a perfect... You should be paying us, Bungie, by the way, if you do this. Uh, that would be a perfect capstone because it would fit so well with the, these past seasons and like the flow of them. Like mm-hmm. last season coming out with that strike, the whole story was really impressive. It really started setting up something. And then this season, it kind of, I felt kind of slow so far. I haven't experienced too much of it, honestly. But it, it kind of slugged a little bit, it seems. And to add a dungeon would just be like the, the perfect presage left hook, I think, that, uh, yes. that the community would go nuts for especially if there was like an exotic tied to it too like uh what what zero hour something like that even Mm -hmm. some would be i think 
Or, no, I guess more dungeon, I guess. Because Zero Hour is kind of like a... I don't, I don't know if it was a dungeon. For those of you who might not know, uh, it was a dungeon-esque thing. You had, like, a limited time. It went on in the old tower. You could get Outbreak Prime from it. Mm-hmm. It was an old... I think it was probably the prelude to their concept of a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, because I think Cause uh, they had... Shattered Throne existed before yeah. that. So it was whatever kind. It was kind of like a presage activity then. And presage, what a banger! Yeah, well, exactly. Wow. We everyone went nuts for it, and it was awesome. So I think to do something like that again here at the end of the season, be phenomenal. We'd love to see it. I'm just saying, you, if if I see that dungeon on the director bungee, and my mm. bank account does not receive at least seventy seven dollars, uh you know, maybe you don't get as much free uh, free sponsorship. Yeah, maybe you don't wake up so uh, ergy tomorrow. <laughs> maybe a little unergy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoes on the other foot. So yeah, we're we're waiting. Uh, speaking of things we should uh, wait for, people with Pokemon cards have been waiting so long. And now they're here again. What is with this this phenomenon? It's wild. Like, I remember being... I Even when I, in my prime days of Pokemon, and I feel as if, I don't know, maybe... Certainly my experience was not universal, but I never... I never saw it as like a, a wave like this from my kid perspective, I guess. It never seemed this popular. You know what? Now, if we're to brainstorm on why this is happening, maybe it's because, you know, when we were children, we didn't have like an income to purchase these with. So we were Mm. entirely reliant on uh, a parental figure who just saw like, all right, I don't know what this is. Here's your cute little blob. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Not very engaged. Yeah, they weren't engaged with the Pokemon, really, at least... In my experience, I think most <laughs> most parents were just not not really into it. They were like, "Yeah, all right, I'm like okay." If this sure. keeps you quiet for an hour, then yeah. okay. And following that train of thought, the people purchasing these cards now mm-hmm. were the children of yesteryear. Yes, now I, with money, I think you've nailed it. This was a very easily solved problem for you. It certainly is. <laughs> it's definitely just the parents just buying cards that now have money to do it with. Uh, but for any of you listeners and readers that don't know, uh, there has been a resurgence recently where stores are selling out of Pokemon cards. And like chain stores like Target are just out. In fact, a few weeks ago, I was going to a Target like early in the morning, right around where they opened at like 8, 8.30. And there mm. was a line outside. And so I stood in it, and they didn't really move. And then, like, other people were lining up. And then I saw people walking past, and I was like, oh, what? And then I started walking past. Turns out that line was to buy Pokemon cards because the shipment was coming in. That's, oh, that's, wow. That's wild. That's, how, how, so many, they, they're out of the shelves. These things, Wow. <laughs> Yeah, not only are they out of the shelves, um, I heard that Target is not going to sell trading cards for a while. Really? Oh my god. That's a, what? See, that's crazy. We're influencing the market. 
Buy your Pokemon stock right now, listeners. It's only Get going in. up. <laughs> the targets are going to keep selling out of them. They're flying off the shelves. Yeah, because I there's a fairly widespread video at this point of I am pretty sure it is a it's a Walmart. Mm-hmm. And people are just, they're charging in. It's like a Black Friday. And Black Friday, yeah, that's already a problematic day. But, woo! Money! Yes! Well, yeah, like people were just like running in to the displays and just like sticking their arm out. Like, I'm getting these. And just oh. like poured a whole pile of them in the, into their carts and just took off. I have not just, seen this, but it's, it's, I believe it. And I it sounds awful like just wild and that was recently right you said oh yeah that was either late last year or early this year i remember it was it seemed wintry when that video was first circulating you you know what i just realized uh thinking about this very obscure topic honestly though uh we're like the vice news of podcasts we're we're variety and we deep dive into just kind of interesting and obscure topics that you didn't think you were interested in. And honestly, you might have just clicked on us because the title was cool, but like you stuck around because you were like, I guess this is interesting. <laughs> so so good on you, listener. Thanks for thanks for listening in. Uh, the Pokemon thing, though, for some reason, unlock that. How much how much is one one pack these days? I honestly couldn't tell you. I'd maybe as a kid, I imagine they were maybe three dollars, three or four dollars. Maybe five. I feel like they were kind of for like the booster pack, I feel like that was kind of expensive. But for just like one of the little normal packs with like ten cards or something like that. Uh let me see here. Oh that's a deck. Four dollars, I think. Nowadays, about $4. Yeah. It's, I guess that's not too bad. Hmm. Maybe I'm into this. Maybe I'm getting into this now. Maybe I want to go buy a bunch of Pokemon cards. I mean, hey, do you have any kicking around from your childhood? Ooh, I might. I don't know where, but maybe. I'm sure they might be worth like $20. Something like that. Someone would give me money for them. I recently discovered card grading. Yeah. Where you can have your cards evaluated. And holy shit, the criteria for like a 10 or a 9, unbelievable. Like the mint condition, like the perfect condition. And not even, like it even sort of transcends like mint condition. Like, oh, this just, this just came out of the pack. Perfect. That's fine. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, How it was printed also factors in to its value. Like if it is like a little bit askew, that diminishes the value. Is there a little fingerprint on there? Mm. I'm gonna have to take you out back and shoot you. What? A finger, like a fingerprint, would like knock you down from mint condition or whatever. Like it would knock you like a dozen pegs down the totem. Maybe not a dozen pegs. What? So what's what would be the highest? Like what is the what is the most expensive Pokemon card? I guess right now that we can find. We'll just we'll Google it for you, listener. We'll do our research. Don't you worry. Midnight Shatterbox Vice News got you. Uh, the the first thing that came up was it, it does not tell me the card, but it was sold for one hundred ninety five thousand dollars in twenty nineteen. Oh my god! And they, oh, it was the the Pikachu Illustrator card. Oh yes, okay. I've heard that there is a what is it? a particular Charizard mm. that is worth, but like two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. 
There's only what? three of them in the world. How? What? I guess. What's the level of mint, though? I guess again, I'm going back to the. What's the perfect one? What is the criteria for that? Does it say, or is it just kind of like? Does it have, to, have be to literally the press push down? I don't know how they make Pokemon cards. I imagine it's a, it's a press of some kind, but presses down the the last little bits of the of the image, and then you got to pull it right out with like extremely sterile gloves, and just pop it right into your saline solution like is that is that the perfect pokemon card where's the line so um it's a numeric scale from 10 to 1 mm-hmm. a normal person might have said 1 to 10 but not not with midnight vice news baby <laughs> um so 10 is pristine that is the quality the okay. the title associated with it and it must have perfect centering and no evidence of any manufacturing or handling defects. All right. So I so I could I could mess with it a little bit as long as I there was no evidence of it. Yeah. So if, what if you're your saying crime is went unnoticed. I could like toss this mint condition Charizard right off the press like a fucking frisbee across the room and if some little robot catches it and no, no there's no evidence it's clean. Yeah. Ooh, all right. New new goal in life. <laughs> Sell a mint condition Charizard. A pristine condition. Yes. After that, it is gem mint, and that is a 9.5. And it has excellent centering, only negligible handling or manufacturing defects. So the subgrading that occurs beneath that umbrella is the centering, the corners, the edges, and the surface. Um, the last three, it is what it says on the tin, just like the visual and structural integrity of, of those pieces of the card. The centering is like the, the design on the back and the front. Mm -hmm. So how, how would that, I guess my problem there is like, how, how off was this machine that was making these cards, right? Like. Was it really that off, like off often enough to create a, a a lot of cards that were like off center by so much, or are these rare cards? I guess, I guess they're all rare. I but. think this applies. I think this applies to all the cards, like any any card you can think of. Obviously, some of them will be less valuable depending on their commonality. But like we're going all the way down to five. Uh, you can still get an excellent, which really changes the meaning of excellent. But it's a to me. five. Yeah, a five. Okay, yeah, sure, all right. Obscure Pokemon scale. A played card with moderate and small defects. It may also have a light crease. Okay, I, okay. I definitely would have cards that were around the excellent mark, for sure. So you might be able to get, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you have to pay for this service. Yeah, I yeah, I assume so. I mean, there could be some value there. Or you could just get some little freak outside of the target and say, Hey, you looking for hey, some cards? You want kid? some vintage cards, kid? I know you're here at eight thirty in the morning on a Wednesday waiting for the Pokemon delivery, you filthy little animal. Yeah. What? Whatever. Hey, come here. <laughs> I'll give you these for twenty bucks. Easy, no questions asked. Take them. And then I just throw them all over the floor and they and they scramble like pigeons <laughs> over my little <laughs> display for them 
<laughs> God, oh my God, damn. what a dark picture. Hey, but that's what we're here about at the Midnight Chatterbox. A little bit of that dark picture. A little bit of the dark picture as we <laughs> usher you off into dreams. Yeah, ooh, I like that. That's perfect. Just like you. Oh, shush. Uh, as we uh, wrap things up here, I do have a little follow-up on last week's episode. Uh, one Bobby Cannon question, once again, if you were not privy to it last week. Shame on you for missing your homework, but that's all right. We'll let you slide. Uh, we talked about medieval kinks, and the summary of that was that people weren't talking about them, so we don't really know what they were. However, we do know about something that I also did in my research of this topic a little bit. Vintage furry suits. <laughs> yeah, let that just <laughs> pop in your mind. What, what is a vintage furry suit? What do you think that looks like? Uh, Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, it kind of like a big. It was weird. So vintage furry suits, right? They look a lot more like actual animals than uh, what you would normally picture today. Uh, in like a like a mask, almost mascot esque. A lot of furries, at least in the popular media, seem to be mm-hmm. um, not described as. I don't know what word I'm missing there, but that's the popular conception of furries these days. There are vintage furries, and they were very realistic. And they would use actual, like, dog hair. Like, they, like the, a tanned dog. Oh, I, I'm not a fan of that. If, if you're driving, don't look this up. But if you're not, hey, and you want to take a little ride on the wild side, <laughs> uh, look up vintage furries. And it's really interesting because they, they used real animal parts. That's so strange. And they, they have, like, old photos of them at, like, a parlor, and they look like they're posed like the animal. It's it, it's something. I don't know if it was erotic <sighs> back then. I, it, it must have been at some level. If there's anything I know about the human experience is that it's that it's eroticism the whole way down. Yeah, all the way. Very clearly. Uh, but yeah, they would pose like the dog. They'd like be wearing a dog outfit. And you, if you just glanced at this picture, you might think it's just a picture of a dog. But then you would start to dissect it and you see that a person is crouched like that in a dog costume. It's just kind of jarring. But yeah, that was a follow-up hmm. on, uh, on the older kinks, the older side of the wild side. And don't let them tell Ooh. you I don't answer your questions, listeners. We're going to get to all of them one day. So get them in. You know where to send those DMs. You do. I know you do. Just just try to be ergy with it, all right? That's all we can wish for you and us. Just keep it ergy. Keep it ergy. Keep it ergy. Love it.